Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burgoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. take a seat. Hi everybody, my name is Mim Hosking, if I haven't met you before. Great to have you in the room with us today and we are concluding this sermon series, The Way. As we wrap up this teaching of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, we need to ask ourselves a question. It's not a multiple choice question and it's actually not a persuasive essay where you have to convince or influence It is a clear yes or no. Is this statement true or false? I am living the way. The way that Jesus taught his followers to live. Is this a true statement? Can I say yes, absolutely, I am living Jesus' way, the way of Jesus? Now, it's helpful for us to remember that in the beginning of Matthew chapter 7, it starts off with, do not judge or you too will be judged. None of us can point the finger of judgment to somebody else without more fingers pointing back at us. I can't fix the speck of dust in somebody else's eye when I have a plank of wood in my own eye. So with love and grace... I encourage you to ask yourselves this question. Am I genuine? Do I live in relationship with Jesus, following his way? Simon started our teaching series looking at the B attitudes and that concept that we are approved and and we have the blessing of God when we understand his kingdom. Each topic in this sermon series has directed our lives to live as salt and light, to have right motives, putting God first, not to judge others. And last week, Nick shared a really practical sermon on prayer and talking to God as our heavenly father. Each one of these parts of the series have been really informative. And and if you have missed any or want to recap, then you can go to our website or use the church app and listen again Download those podcasts and listen to the way of Jesus. It's been a fantastic series. But here we find ourselves at the end of Matthew chapter 7, the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And here Jesus gives us four warnings. And we need to ask ourselves, am I a true follower of Jesus? When I was a teenager, I loved going on camps. In fact, I still do. We might have one at the end of the year for everybody. I love going on camps, and I remember this one particular camp. It was a winter camp, and there was a a girl in my dorm with this vibrant red hair. Her name was Melanie, and she asked questions, heaps and heaps of questions about Jesus and being a Christian. You see, she wasn't a Christian, but she was curious, and she wanted to know more. About two weeks after camp, I was uh, at home watching a movie with my mum and my brother, and this is back in the day of VCRs, and if you needed to stop the movie for a toilet break or going to get a snack, you wouldn't just press pause because that would stretch the videotape. So we stopped the movie, and across the screen flashed the news on the TV. I sat there, frozen, 
my eyes bulging, my jaw dropping, as I saw video of saw footage of a car accident and what was happening on the side of the road in that scene, and they released the names of the teenagers who had died in that car accident. Um, the girl that had been on camp asking all of those questions, she didn't die instantly in the car crash, but she lay on the side of the road and passed away a few minutes later when people attended the more severe injuries that they saw in somebody else. And I often wondered, what was she thinking in those final minutes? Did she know that Jesus really loved her? Did she ask his forgiveness? Is she spending eternity dancing in heaven with him? I don't know. There's another person who has significantly influenced my life. And some of you may in fact know him and I've mentioned him before. His name is Terry Crane. And... He became a Christian in this church in the 1970s. He actually became a pastor and a lecturer at what was, what was then the Baptist Theological College. And I met him quite a few years after that part of his journey. And sadly, at that time, Terry wasn't following Jesus. He no longer trusted God. Now, we reconnected only a few years ago, and, and Terry was a much older man by now and, um, and quite unwell with a multiple, multiple health issues. And as I sat on the edge of his bed with his eagle scarf and Bible next to him, he was able to tell me that after 20 years of running away from God, he finally understood God's grace. He understood God's mercy and his love and he recommitted his life to following Jesus. He really supported me and helped me in the last few months of his life. And by the time of his death, I knew that he had complete peace with God as he entered heaven and eternity with Jesus. But I also grieve for those years when he wasn't walking with God. In fact, for both of these people, neither of them enjoyed a lifetime lived in relationship with Jesus. Now, we can't judge other people's decisions. They choose for themselves. But we can choose for ourselves what path we will take. In 1996, Linda Ellis wrote a poem entitled, Live Your Dash. Speaking of that little dash on a tombstone between the date of a person's birth and their death, she writes, For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved them know what this little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we lived and loved and how we spend our dash. So how does Jesus want us to spend our dash? Well, I believe that the Sermon on the Mount gives us a pretty clear direction in that. So let's dive in to Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus gives us these four warnings. Are you ready? Strap yourselves in. These will help us come to understand if we are living the way. And our first reading today is going to be from Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, about the narrow and the wide gates. And Asher Pascoe is going to read for us. 
Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only many, um, only a few find it. Thanks, Hasha. Having a faith in Jesus has an entrance. That's the start of the journey that leads to the destination of eternity with God. The gate provides the opening, the pathway to travel through with Jesus in relationship with him. Yes, this entrance to this relationship is narrow. Jesus says he is the only way to enter. He is the gate. Now, many people are hesitant to enter the way of Jesus. It is not an easy way. They might be afraid of the things they'll need to give up. Afraid that this pathway of following Jesus is like this narrow sheep track with a cliff on one side and thorn bushes on the other. You see, Jesus wants us to choose to follow him no matter the cost. He promises that this is the way of life, the pathway to life. Now the wide gate and the wide road indicates the decision to choose the world's pathway not Jesus's. The decision that we make on this is the most important decision we ever will make in our lives. Life with Jesus, life to the full, abundant life, that's what he's talking about. In John 10.10, he says, the thief comes only to steal and destroy, but I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's actually not just a once-only decision. It's a daily decision to keep choosing to stay on his path, to stay following Jesus. There is no middle ground. There is one path, one that is right and one that is not. The path that leads life with Jesus. The other is total separation from him. And that's not so good. So this is our warning number one. Jesus promises by the power of his Holy Spirit to always be with us, to strengthen, to comfort and guide us on his path, to be free from sin's hold on us. In Romans chapter 8, in those first two verses, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The message says a new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ is like a strong wind that has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from the fated lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Jesus offers life. Put simply, do we want to live life? Or live death and destruction, the consequences of sin. Few find and accept that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Will you choose the narrow gate? The gate that opens to the pathway of living life, Jesus' way, the way. Now I've got a fun question for you. In fact, stand up if you can say yes to the fact that you like dressing up. 
If you like dressing up in costumes, I'm definitely standing. I love to dress up. So stand up if that's you. There's a few people around the building. It can be fun to pretend that you're another character, another person, an animal or a mythical creature. I'm surprised. I thought there would be more. But okay, take a seat, sit down. Now, we're going to look at Jesus' warning number two because he says here there are occasions where it is not good to pretend. In fact, it would be dangerous if a wolf dressed up in sheep's clothing. We're going to read some more from Matthew chapter 7, this time verses 15 to 20, about the true and false prophets. And Chloe's going to read for us this time. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognise them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their good fruit you will recognise them. Thank you. So here Jesus is talking about true and false prophets. Kids, do you remember what a prophet is? Anybody? It's been a while since we talked. I can see that hand. Yes, tell me, what's a prophet? Exactly. Prophets are people who God speaks through to tell other people. They have a message from God for people. They speak the words of God, words to help, and they are good for God's kingdom. A false prophet may look good, they may even sound good, but they are not pleasing God. Jesus warns us to be discerning, to be wise about the voices that we listen to. To not just listen to a person's words, but to look at their lives. Jesus talks about good fruit that comes from good trees. John chapter 15 verse 5 also talks about this. I am the vine, says Jesus. You are my branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When people are connected to Jesus in relationship with him, it's like being connected to a good tree branch or vine. I have a mandarin tree at my house. And do you think that I will have lots of mandarins growing on a branch that is chopped off from the tree? No, of course not. The fruit only grows when it is connected. And a true prophet needs to stay connected to Jesus to keep following his ways, speaking his truth, and grow his good fruit. Now, God's fruit is explained in Galatians chapter 5. And many of you will be familiar with these words. It is not a list of good behaviours that we must all show. In fact, it is fruit that grows out of a relationship with God. The fruit of the Spirit, can you say it with me, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I know some of you all want to start singing a song that goes along, but we'll leave that for another time. Now, a vine or a tree will only produce fruit that is consistent with its nature. False prophets produce bad fruit. Righteous fruit only comes from those who are connected to the righteous one, Jesus. And sadly, the truth is that trees that that do not bear good fruit are cut down and put into the fire. 
Doesn't sound very nice, does it? But Jesus warned us to be careful. Be careful who we listen to. True prophets produce good fruit. The next warning we're going to listen to comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, and it's about the true and false disciples. And Sarah's going to read for us. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. These words give us another layer about the truth of bearing good fruit as Jesus' disciples, followers of him. God is not looking for actors who do good things to please people, but faithful followers of Jesus whose actions please Jesus. The actions that come out of a result of an internal relationship with Jesus, not an external thing, but the internal, that relationship. We can do good for others. We can do good for the planet. We can wear a Jesus t-shirt. We can go to church and serve in church. It says in these verses to prophesy, to drive out demons, perform miracles. It could very easily say, stand and lead worship, preach or teach or have any other spectacular displays of spirituality. But as we dig deeper, the question is not what actions you do for God, but are you doing them with God, not in your own strength, but in his strength, his ministry, his enabling. Does Jesus know you? Now that might seem strange because we know that Jesus is God and God knows everyone and loves everyone, but the thing is not everyone is in a relationship with God. You can know about someone, you can know their name, you can know what they have done and what they look like, but when you actually spend time together, That's when you truly get to know each other. So living in relationship with Jesus, living in the way of him means that we we know him and he knows us. It's not just a once-off decision to follow, but it's that ongoing friendship that is maintained by spending time together. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. This is a real and authentic relationship, not just to acknowledge Jesus, but knowing Jesus as a respected friend, Lord and Saviour. Reading his word, spending time in prayer together, ministry with Jesus, not just for Jesus. John chapter 15 also says, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his father's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus says these words to his disciples, and can I encourage you to honour Jesus as your friend, not to hide that or to deny that, but to place him in your life, in a relationship with Jesus, to know him and he knows you as we do life together. The last warning that we're going to look at today is a popular story about two builders. We saw the video clip earlier. 
And these verses are from 24 to 27, the wise and the foolish builders. And Gabby's going to read this one. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When I was at Bible college, one of my lecturers would occasionally say, wise people will pay attention to this. And you knew that there was going to be in the end of semester exam. So it's almost as if Jesus is saying, wise people pay attention. This one is in the exam of life. Everyone who hears the words of Jesus and puts them into practice is the wise one. We can endure the storms of life. Remember, it's not just about a dense destination, but it's the journey. It's the hearing Jesus, hearing what he teaches and responding to it with our actions. Actions that transform our lives. The message translation puts it like this in verse 24. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words to build a life on. The way of Jesus is not a renovation. You can't just do a few tweaks and improve the quality of life. And we're not talking about a temporary holiday house either. This is a complete rebuild of your home for life from the foundation up based on a relationship with Jesus. Who knows that around Perth we have a lot of sand and we can't build our houses straight on the sand. Well, Jesus spoke these words near the Sea of Galilee where they needed to dig down deep to find bedrock, a solid foundation. Well, in Perth, we pour a concrete slab. So we're going to show a picture of me having a slab party on the concrete slab after it was poured out on the ground before the bricks were laid when I was building a home. Some friends and I had a slab party with slabs of chocolate, slabs of soft drink. And we had a picnic on the foundations before the walls went up. We need a firm foundation for our lives too. Every decision that we make based on this firm foundation. Jesus is saying he is that foundation. Not on the surface religious behavior, not knowledge about him, but a deep internal change, living in relationship with him. John Stott wrote, We can either build on Jesus and his teaching, which we will find is a solid rock, or else we can build on any other religion or philosophy in the world, and we will find that it is sand. Shifting, sinking sand. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds your house, you labour in vain. We need Jesus' foundation to endure the storms of life. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11 that we can come to him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you 
and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus doesn't promise to remove all the hard times in our lives. The storms will come, but he does promise to be with us in them, providing deep stability that meets our deepest needs. We can find rest for our souls and we can lean on him in the difficulties of life and we can endure with his help following his way. So... Let's wrap it up. The way that I see it, and you might have a different opinion, but unless you and I are living our lives with Jesus, we are missing out. If we can say, yes, it's true, I choose to follow Jesus' way, he promises life. We can listen to those who show good fruit and produce it ourselves as we live in relationship with Jesus, the foundation to endure the storms of life. And if we find ourselves saying, no, we're not listening to these warnings, we're not listening and following Jesus' way, he's honest. And he says the result will be death, fire and separation from God. He doesn't know you and you will be overcome by the storms of life. These are significant warnings. When Jesus had finished saying these things to the crowds, they were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not like their other teachers of the law. Jesus spoke with such authority, unlike any other teachers that the crowds had heard before. Some were amazed, some were entertained, but that wasn't his intention. He demanded a response, a bit like a barbed wire fence. You can't stay sitting on that fence. You have to be on one side or the other. You have to choose, living in a relationship with Jesus or not, true or false. Now I realize this is actually a deeply personal and perhaps disturbing and confrontational message today. Many people don't like to hear Jesus's words. He warned the crowds and he invites you to choose. Jesus wants to walk with you in your life, to lead you on the way. The decision is yours. I invite you to close your eyes to give some privacy to those around you and think for a moment as we consider how to respond. Perhaps you have made this decision a long time ago and you have wandered off track and lost your focus. You might want to affirm today that yes, you are a true follower of Jesus. You want to come back to that right relationship. Perhaps you've never accepted Jesus as the gate, the only way to life with God and you sense today is the day to ask Jesus' forgiveness and you want to start that walk with Jesus. Maybe you've followed Jesus for many years and can testify to the joy of good fruit growing in you, seeing it in others, peace in relationship with Jesus. You have endured many storms knowing that you have lived life with Jesus. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're not sure 
you've got questions. You're wondering where you stand. I invite you, if you've got questions, to chat to those that you've come with today or come and talk to one of us here at church. We'd love to help you on that journey. But for anybody who's in the room today and you want to say yes to following Jesus, maybe for the first time or a confirmation of that decision that you've made in the past, I invite you to stand. Stand where you are so that you can say, yes, I accept Jesus' invitation to do life with Him. I receive His forgiveness. I choose to follow Jesus' way. Why don't you stand where you are if that's you? Your heart might be pounding in your chest as Jesus knocks on the door and says, I'm here. Step into this journey with me. Stand and dedicate your life to Jesus. Might be a recommitment. If you are a follower of Jesus, you can stand. Declare your love for him. Jesus, I thank you that you provide the way for us. We ask you to forgive us for the times that we've gone our own way. Forgive us for our sin. We thank you that you love us and you bring us back onto your pathway. Help each one of us to follow you and to choose you every day of our lives. Amen. this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.